0: Welcome back to Night Cheese. This is Stephen. And I'm Tim. And we'd like to welcome you back. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode. Cheese and Peel. Um, That'll make more sense in a minute or two. Um, (laughs) We appreciate uh, everybody kind of coming along for the ride with us, particularly this past month, as we have been exploring some of our... um, well I, I would say some of our favorite but um a lot of horror movies that have been nominated by our listeners so um yeah. Yeah. it's been an interesting ride for us um taking on different things any any lessons learned any lasting impressions so far Tim before we get into tonight to uh tonight's selections
1: you know I may maybe this you know and this is totally off the cuff so I don't know where this is I don't I don't know how this rambling is gonna turn out but one thing i i think that it's been interesting in all these discussions i feel like a lot of times the horror genre gets relegated to kind of this superficial surface level you know let's let's scare people as much as possible and let's be as gross as possible and while that is out there i feel like there's also a great deal of depth when it comes to horror film as well and horror can say a lot even though on the surface you may think oh well this is just like every other horror film where jump scares and Suspense and surprises and you know, stabbing wounds. I don't know, uh, but there there's a lot that can be said in horror, and um I, I I've just been really, and I mean, even before the series, but even during this, just rethinking about a lot of these films. Uh, it's just been really exciting to go back through and see a lot of that that depth. It's, it's been it's been I've really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um in this most recent season of life and this isn't a COVID joke or anything like that, but it's like, Mm -hmm. um, I guess just the past few years, I've grown a lot and my respect for horror as a genre. Mm -hmm. Um, not necessarily every film. I mean, like as Tim just alluded to, there's, there certainly are a lot, uh, but, but but I wouldn't say this, you know, it's, it's kind of like music sometimes too. Like, um, I don't know how you were Tim, but when I was a teenager, um, i i had a bit of brand loyalty towards certain genres of music versus others and would just write off an entire genre um because of what it seemed like on the surface and Mm -hmm. um and the same is is really true with uh with uh film genre too um the fact of the matter is that good art is good art and um you can really find that in just about any genre if you know where to look. And, and I think this month has really proved that a lot. And, um, you know, horror in particular has a really, um, when executed well, has a really um, unique ability to uh, uncover things about what make us afraid. Uh, why Mm -hmm. do things make us afraid certain things make us afraid um what do you do when you're faced when you're confronted with that um that kind of stuff we talked about a little bit about that with vent horizon Mm -hmm. um at the beginning of the month and then uh and also too just how groundbreaking horror can be just in film in general um you know we talked a lot about uh cluzo and hitchcock uh last week and um and even way back, in, when we talked about The Shining, it's it's uh, you know there's there's a lot of um, just iconic moments come come out of this genre, um, and um, in particular, I think tonight is a great episode to and a great opportunity to um, talk about some of those underlying issues mm-hmm. uh, that are uncovered with a genre like this. Yeah. Um. Yeah. so yeah, circling back around to the introduction here, um, that uh, we, we called uh, tonight's episode, this week's episode Cheese and Peel, uh, as a reference to a, uh, a very popular current horror director, uh, mm-hmm. Jordan Peel, um, who, if you if you're, if you're anything of a horror fan, you know exactly who he is and, 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 and what films have made him popular. I mean this is not this is not an underground guy by any sense of the word. Um, Mm -hmm. no pun intended when we get there. (laughs) Um, but, uh, it's interesting though, like, uh, Jordan Peele was, I I don't want to say originally, but I, but I think he at least gained his first notoriety as, as part of a comedy act with, Mm -hmm. uh, Keegan, Michael Key and, and, uh, the show Key and Peele, which, uh, surprisingly enough gained notoriety because of the absence of Dave Chappelle from Comedy Mm -hmm. Central. Um, yeah. They kind of took over that sort of identity of black comedy sketch show mm-hmm. um, after Dave Chappelle oh. retired from his, his sketch comedy show. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they do that. It's you have um, they, they do have I will say this from a comedic standpoint. Um, I, I didn't watch their show um, as religiously as I did Chappelle's show when it was on like 15 years ago now mm-hmm. at this point. Wow. It's a long time ago. Um, yeah. But there's a couple of um, a couple of sketches that they got really popular for, virally speaking. Both that have to kind of do with names.
2: Mm-hmm. And um, yes,
0: so if, if you're interested at all in um, in some levity after tonight's episode, <laughs> go to YouTube or something or Comedy Central apps or something like that and look at um, some of the sketch comedy from um, Key and Peele. And there were two that they two two series they did. One where Key, I believe, was um, a substitute teacher, and he was reading off the role of the class. And um, the, the bit in that sketch is that he was mispronouncing very conventional white names um, with, I guess you could say, unorthodox pronunciations. So, you know, Denise was D-nice, and I think the, the one that lives in <laughs> infamy is uh, Aaron. He calls him A-Ron. Um, at least in my circles, that's the one that lives that lives on eternally, is, you know, you done messed up A-Ron. And um, the ones that I really enjoyed, though, and I think I'd say this because we're recording this on a Sunday night, and um, I'd just gotten done watching some Sunday night football. And when they do, when, when, um, when televised football does like player introductions, they have these oh,
2: yeah. um,
0: CGI uh, backgrounds and the players introduce themselves and what college they're from, what's their alma mater. And um, they also did that as well with like progressively um, complicated and <laughs> outlandish names. Yeah. Um, which I mean, the the more you are of a football fan or even familiar with some of that, it's really entertaining. Um, I think that culminated. That was multiple sketches. They did that. and I think it culminated with some actual cameos from real NFL players who have uh, unorthodox de- names. Mm-hmm. Um, like I remember I just remember this because I was um, a fan of this particular player from when he was in college because I followed his college team. But there was a guy named DeBrickashaw Ferguson, um, real name, um, and another guy named Haha ha Clinton Dix. Um, again, real, real name. And, um, they both kind of slid right into the whole joke of it. And, um, anyway, <laughs> it's, it's, just pretty entertaining. So this is, this is the guy you're dealing with here, yeah. Jordan Peele, um, one half of this comedy group. And all of a sudden he creates, I, you know, <laughs> it, I feel really awkward saying this as a white man. But so, um, and I wanna I wanna thank my black friends for nominating um Jordan Peel films uh for this. And uh we actually had actually had black and white friends nominating yeah. both of these tonight. Um we're gonna cover his two famous horror films, Get Out and Us. Um, and so we wanna start with Get Out, so which which I can say I'll say from the comfort and privilege of my own skin, in my mm-hmm. opinion might be the definitive African-American horror experience, uh, at least to this date on, on film, I should say on film Mm -hmm. (laughs) because sadly the definitive African-American horror experience is probably more akin to real life than, than fiction, Mm -hmm. but told in story. Um, I would say the modern, um, the modern experience is played out so well. And And Tim, I I mean, I don't know if we can talk about this now or later or Mm -hmm. whenever you want to. I don't really care. But uh, I was prepping tonight. And so, first of all, Get Out um, showered with awards. It came out in 2017. There really was nothing like it. Mm -hmm. And still really isn't – there isn't much like it. Um, Yeah. you know, Peel was, I guess, you know, if it comes out in 2017, he's probably creating it or getting the ideas for it around the early teens, you mm-hmm. know, 2013, 2014, yeah. right around the sort of first wave of Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Um and it comes out in 2017, and we'll, I don't know how deep we want to get into this, but even so much as real life even impacted his rewriting of the ending of the film yeah, to, to give a happier ending. Because, because the entire execution of the film and the, and the plot and the advancement of it really gives you the logic of this is not going to end well, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Uh, and he played it. He played that. He executed that really well too at the mm-hmm. at the very end of that. But yes. um, I don't want to start with the end and go backwards. We're not <laughs> doing Christopher Nolan stuff anymore, so that's the there's no need to do that. Um, so okay, so here's the thing: is that Jordan Peele's these two iconic horror movies seem to have. Not not a wide disparity, not like a Mm -hmm. Star Wars: The Last Jedi kind of disparity, Mm -hmm. but enough for you to notice it. I would say,
2: yeah,
0: in critic critical reception and in user reception, and I'm very I'm Mm -hmm. very interested in that. Yeah, Um, Yeah. Get Out has uh, its IMDb score is a seven point seven, which is respectable. I mean, it's that's good, but also you think about some of the Nolan movies we were going through, like, that's probably one of like, that's like a low ranking Nolan film, yeah. you know? Um, which I think this is better than it's better than all of Nolan's least films. I think, mm, yeah, I, I think if, if, this was like just because, and I'm only bringing up Nolan just because that's what we did last before we did all this.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, So it's still semi-fresh in my mind. I mean, I would rank this halfway, maybe even top five, if it was a Nolan film, you know? Um, Maybe higher? I I don't know. (laughs) I'm doing this off the cuff. I haven't really thought enough about it, so I shouldn't pursue that anymore. But um, uh, the IMDb score is 7.7. Its meta score average is 85. So there's almost a whole points difference there. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, looking at that, but the Rotten Tomatoes discrepancy, the critic, the, um, the critical rating from Rotten Tomatoes is 98%. And the user rating is 86%. There's a 12 point discrepancy there Mm -hmm. in, in, in user experience versus critic experience. Um, And just jumping down real quick, it's even bigger with us. Um, Rotten Tomatoes uh, on on Meta. Uh, first of all, IMDb it's a lower score; it's a six point nine, but the Meta score is eighty one. Um, and then Rotten Tomatoes hasn't has a ninety three percent critic score, but the user rating is fifty nine percent. It's actually rotten yeah. with the user, um, which um, I was man. shocked. Yeah, to see. yeah. So uh, the easy answer is to say racism, but. The, I don't I think that's that's kind of shooting first and asking questions later. Um, so I don't think that's entirely fair, but I'm yeah. curious, Tim, do you what are your thoughts on why there's such a wide <laughs> gap between oh, critical reception? Yeah, and user reception? a
1: recept. You know, get out. I, all the all the all the accommodations you gave it, I would say the same thing I would it's it's a it is it is a film of our time you know I mean this is yeah. it is a and you know like a lot of horror films you know they're the and a lot of horror films the fear comes from or at least stems from some something in reality and kind of explores that I, I'm not to, you know I don't want to jump the gun and say racism as well but um, this film does explore well, well. oh sorry
0: no, I just say, well just let it be known. I am absolutely 100% sure that is a part oh, of Oh yeah, it. yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. I don't think I mean if 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 racism could work its way into the last jedi mm-hmm. um it yeah. most definitely is in oh, yeah. Jordan Peele's work in oh, terms yeah. of reje- the rejection mm-hmm. of it. But I just wanted to say I didn't, I yeah. don't want to I didn't want to just lazily accuse people who didn't enjoy <laughs> no. it because like, yeah. cause I mean, you know, we can put this under the microscope for sure, but, mm-hmm. uh, and, but I'm also not saying that that's not yeah. that that's absent. It's yeah. definitely not absent, yeah. but mm-hmm. anyway, sorry, yeah. please continue. No, no, but I,
1: I'm just going to, I'm going to kind of take your, your thoughts and go a little further and say, yeah, I think, I think a lot of times, yeah, uh, it reveals a lot about the African American experience that is not kind to white people, nor should it be like, I feel like yeah. white people in the U S are too uh, used to being coddled and comforted. And yeah. yeah and so I feel, I, I think seeing this, and even, I mean, from the first scene, it's so gripping. And I feel like we're so used to these, you know, as white people, we're so used to these like far off kind of hypothetical ideas of like monsters coming to get us. And th- this, the first scene of a, of a black person in a a white world in a white space, Uh, and that legitimate fear being there and a fear that even as white we all we all get like I think it's upset I mean I think it is I I think it can be upsetting and it I mean it's you know not I'm not trying to and now see I'm trying to comfort white people I'm trying to (laughs) I'm trying to do what I'm I I, I think it's a natural response but I, I I feel like there is a sort of fragility where we react negatively would we see kind of reality exposed to us anyway, so I'm going to double down and say there are probably some nitpicky <laughs> things, but I, I think get out, maybe not so much us, even though I really still enjoyed us, but I feel like get out should be studied. And I'm sure, I think you mentioned it has been already like, it's yeah, gonna it be has on, literally
0: been studied. It's yeah. going
1: to be an, yeah. Film like film class syllabi, you know, syllabi. I mean, it, it probably already is Yeah, it, it it's, it's, it is a significant, significant film. And so, I'm not, you know, I don't know. <laughs> see, this is me being well, nervous that I'm going to offend white people. And I'm like, come on, let's this, this, this just, I mean, it's fine. come on. White <laughs> yeah. people bounce back.
0: They have the luxury of just turning us off and pretending oh, yeah. like we don't exist. Oh, yeah. It's fine.
1: So um, I, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to say that, you know, because I'll be honest, even me as like a, you know, white person, I, I love this film. But I mean, it's, you s- a, you see, it's a mirror to, it's a mirror and it's and it's not a kind mirror you know it reveals a lot yeah. um even for me who i'd like to think that i'm you know we were I, I hate this i don't like the term woke and we were joking about it before the the episode but uh,
0: yeah we almost <laughs> e- uh, titled this episode hollow woke um, total total we really didn't with feel yeah. like our listenership would understand the self-owning corniness oh, yeah. that Tim and I <laughs> self-deprecate <laughs> totally one another yeah. with on a daily basis. Um, yeah. So we didn't title the episode <laughs> that, but we wanted to let you know that we almost did, and that we didn't mean any pejorative connotations yeah. with that. It yeah,
1: it would only been making fun of us. But uh, but yeah. yeah, I feel like even for us, like you know, I feel like I'm I'm really trying to to learn, to listen, to grow, to actual, you know be a voice i I still feel like I fail in a lot of areas and so i even for me, like I feel like it's a it's a, it's it's a tough it's a necessary film, but it's it's tough to see, but we but it's something that needs to be seen. it was an interesting film because I feel like both black audiences really need to see this and I think white audiences needed to see this as well. i think we yeah, I think we needed it,
0: yeah well, you know, um it's very predictable for me to go to um, Marvel as a, as a comparison, you know, cause that's, that's kind of what I do mm-hmm. um, with a lot of things. But um, this came out in 2017, Black Panther came out in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, those two films in general did a lot for African American representation in film. Yeah. Um, because, because, because black people had stopped becoming like a character in the film and they were the culture of the film. And, and it was more than, I really don't mean this in any kind of negative way, but it was, but hopefully everyone kind of knows what I mean when I say this, like it was more than like a Tyler, Tyler Perry movie, you know, Mm -hmm. like it was something striving to, to be something higher than that. Um and, and I don't, and, and I'm not acting like I'm above Tyler Perry movies. I've seen several of them and enjoyed them. And my kids love to watch them too. And I watch them with them and um, you know, there, there, there is an audience for that and there is a quality to, to those films too. Um, but this is just different. It's a different level. We're talking about literally with get out and black Panther, two, two films that were both nominated for best picture mm-hmm. um, at the, at the Academy Awards. And so, what it's like what black Panther did for the superhero genre for the African-American community, I'd say get out does for the, the horror genre. Like Mm
2: -hmm. it
0: is, it's more than just casting a bunch of black people and telling a story. Yeah. It's, it's, it's telling the, Oh gosh, man. I, I just, I just hope this comes out right. Like it's like telling the story in their language, in their voice in in through their eyes, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and that's one of the things that I want to get at is kind of seeing the story through their eyes Mm -hmm. is especially in get out, because apparently in reading about this, there was some, I mean, nothing really hotly contested, but apparently some critics didn't even see get out as a true horror movie, like more as like a thriller and stuff. Um, whereas it doesn't have your, it doesn't, you know, it's not psycho, um, Mm -hmm. And it's not The Shining, um, in terms of the terror, that the sort of predictable terror that kind yeah. of grows. I guess predictable isn't really what I want to use for Psycho, but you get what I'm saying.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, however, as soon as I started reading those sentences, Tim, I was like, oh well, uh, this most certainly is a horror film for mm-hmm. African Americans, like, because they're seeing and and like even Jordan Peele. Was talking about um, shooting some of these scenes or blocking them or whatever, and how how it bothered him because like he was like I was seeing some of my deepest fears coming to life Mm. in in front of me, and like, um, and the more time I work to educate myself to um, to ally my friends in that community and stuff, and I go back and watch this stuff now. Um, it is, uh, at no point in the movie, like, listen, it's, it's, it's expertly told as a story. So there are some, su- there are surprises, you know, but, um, I don't know how to really say this. Like, um, the, the villainy of some of the dialogue is never really hiding Mm -hmm. If you know how to look for it. Yeah. You know?
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, and so I think about like, so, so so to the uninitiated, if there's a chance you have happened upon this podcast, um, and you've not seen this film or heard of it, I I don't know how that works, but, um, (laughs) the story of get out is first of all, uh, cast is a Daniel Kaluuya, um, who was also nominated. I'm going to go through the awards real quick before sure. we get in back into the plot too. Daniel Kaluuya who is amazing. He's gone to do um so many more things. He was also in the aforementioned Black Panther as well a year later. Um he's 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 done many many things. And I can't wait, Tim. He's um oh gosh. Help me out with the title. Mm-hmm. The Fred Hampton story, um Judas and the Black Messiah, yes. is that it? Yeah. Yeah still still yet to come out um, that trailer gave me chills I would really want to see that right. anyway Allison yeah. Williams who I've never seen in anything else uh, apparently she was in the HBO series girls mm-hmm. um, Bradley Whitford from the West Wing yeah who apparently his role in the West Wing got him this role like Jordan Peel said I needed uh, like a like a friendly white liberal <laughs> or something (laughs) for this movie and he went after bradley and got him and then katherine keener um and so it's uh she was great as well and um and also i i didn't actually write his name right here i wrote it later lil rel how howry um who plays daniel khalia's best friend Mm -hmm. uh rod was i mean the pitch perfect expertly measured out level of comic relief in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it was not too much. It was not, it was the, it was the Goldilocks of, of, of comic levity in this mm-hmm. horrific film. Um, he was just right. And, uh, so, so Jordan Peele, uh, wins the Academy Award for best original screenplay in this. Um, the film is nominated for best picture. It's one of the years where they have like seven or eight films nominated and they lose out to the shape of water. Guillermo del Toro's uh, film, Mm -hmm. uh, which I have not seen. um, And while I respect Guillermo del Toro, that film did not look appealing to me at all. So I'm going to trust others.
1: I I will say I I I saw it after it won the awards and I was, it wasn't a, wasn't a, Bad film, but it. I, I was very shocked that it won everything that it did. I was really surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, so, I did not like it that much.
0: <laughs> yeah, which I love um, Guillermo Jordan del Toro. Peel. Like he's great, but yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, he's done some great stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Jordan Peele also nominated for best director, but loses to Guillermo del Toro um, as well. And then uh, Daniel Caluyo is also nominated for best actor. This I did not realize, but he lost out to Gary Oldman, who was playing Winston Churchill. So I mean, you know. What are you gonna do in that situation? Um, but so, um, what did I say I was gonna do before I went back? Um, regarding it, oh, so so all right, so get out. So basically, it's um, it's the story of uh, an interracial couple, um, Daniel Clee and Allison Williams, and he is um, traveling with her like into the rural. No, is it like in the Northeast? I, I get the feeling it's like he somewhere gave me the in the feeling,
1: They never, and this is kind of the brilliance, So I love that they never explicitly s- state where it is. I, I kind of think that's great, but it does have a very kind of East Coast, yeah. Northeast, like kind of feel. Or, it was filmed in Alabama.
0: that's the funny thing. It was shot in Alabama. <laughs> yeah. like, there's nothing Southern about it this. It doesn't movie. feel. Yeah, yeah so. it doesn't feel like it at all. I think I think I tell myself Northeast because she comes from a. "Quote unquote liberal family,
2: mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. there is
0: this sort of, and and their accents are certainly mm-hmm. not, yeah, certainly not southeastern. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and it seemed in the in the in the, uh, shoot, the the um, the atmosphere feels mm-hmm. very kind of Vermont, New Hampshireish. And, kind and of I like thing.
1: it because it's not what you'd expect. You kind of like, grant, this, this, and I say this while saying you know the entire U.S. you know. Racism is everywhere. I feel like if it were in the South, you know, that's kind of like this you would just kind of go into assuming, but the fact that it's exactly the fact that it's somewhere where it's not quite as stereotypical, even though quite existing, you know, pretty, quite prevalent, um, I think was really, really, uh, really good for it.
0: Also, I think it is a responsible thing to do, too, to, um, yeah, to, to kind of have it in an anywhere setting. Yeah. And also not, not let vocally liberal people off the hook for racism mm-hmm. either. Yeah. Because racism does not just pervade conservatively minded people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. that is something that afflicts, um, people all across political spectrums. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, uh, so, um, there is a, um, th- there is some, um, some sort of, um, <laughs> Uh, you, you know, it's, uh, he, so, so they're, they're going to meet her family is, is what it is. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, obviously they're all white. He's black. He, th- there's already the overtly descriptive warnings from like his friend, Rod. He's like, you don't want to do that, man. Like, <laughs> you know, I could go out in the country with a bunch of white people be the only black guy out there, you know? And it's, and it all feels, you know, reminiscent of a lot of tropes. Warning black people about being around white people and stuff like that you know, you know and it's you know where in the past it's played for laughs. there's a growing unease mm-hmm. with uh, and discomfort with uh, Daniel uh, Call's character Chris is his name right?
2: Mm-hmm. I think
0: yeah Lisa. with with Chris being around yep, Chris. Uh, being around her family and um, it just grow just, just it just inches along you know like he gets there and he sees that the family has two um black workers there and that already is like it's like another red flag for him he's Mm -hmm. like "Uh uh-huh and they're already kind of like oh i know you must think we're terrible but i would just want to explain like you know they they took care of my my, you know the father is telling him they took care of my parents and then when they died i just couldn't let them go and 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 everything and and then, then there's even the another rejected episode title here. Um, you know, he's even trying to endear himself to Chris and he was just like, you know, I would have voted for Obama a third time if I could have.
2: Mm-hmm. And like,
0: it's just, just such corny white people stuff Oh yeah, that they're saying to try to sort of endear himself to, uh, um, to, to Chris and, mm-hmm. and kind of like, I'm on your side sort of thing. What's really interesting though, is you see, and a lot of this is easier to see, you know, upon repeat viewing this get out for sure. Actually, both both of these films are are worth repeat viewing mm-hmm. because yeah. you're going to catch you're going to catch things the second time and maybe even third time around uh, that you don't the first time. And with get out, uh, they talk about um, uh, they, they hit a deer um, with a car and they even have a run in with police on the way up to the house. And, um, so again, just these further escalations of, of tension for Chris. And, um, when they talk about hit the, tell the story about hitting the deer Mm -hmm. to her parents, he just, he doesn't like lose his temper, but he's very much like, well, I'll tell you what the world would be a whole lot better off without him. And it's a lot of rhetoric coming from him talking about deer as like a, a, uh, a bane on the existence of humans like in that, in that area, but it all feels a little too reminiscent of, of uh, racist rhetoric and yeah, stuff. And, yeah. and, um, and at that point you're kind of like, all right, I'm, I'm just projecting at this point. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's not really as dead on terrible as a, as it seems. Yeah. And then, um, Peel just does a great, did a great job with the writing there of kind of inching you along almost, you know, I mean, maybe, 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 maybe I was alone in this, but, but, um, I felt like I was just inching along the first time being like, well, that's kind of an aggressive thing to say. And I'm like, okay, maybe that was just a a throwaway line and the plot is moving along. But the whole time Peel is setting the table for you, you know?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, until you know until the truth is revealed um and to the depth that it is revealed mm-hmm. it's crazy
1: i and i like you said i love the slow build up where it slowly gradually like the rhetoric you know it can be kind of it's just that towing the line enough where you could it could go either way you know you could see it be like this innocent mistake or this uh, you know mm-hmm. ignorance but then it but it just keeps getting worse and more awkward yeah. and and of course and it's that that sense of you know a, a a black person in a white space you you can't you have to kind of go with it you kind of have to be you don't want to rock the boat even people clearly around you are are saying you know pretty egregious things you have to kind of kind of roll kind of again, comfort and kind of roll with it.
0: And Cr- yeah, Chris is constantly kind of being forced to second yeah. guess himself. Yeah. When something seems blatantly obvious, yes. mm-hmm. like even like, um, his phone keeps getting unplugged from his charger. Oh yeah. And he's like, you know, is someone trying to limit my communications, out here? Mm-hmm. like what keeps happening, you know, and he has a confrontation about that. But even that they try to sort of, what's the word, uh, they try to just gaslight him on that yeah. you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, it is, uh, it is, it is wild. So like, um, I don't, I don't really know how, how, how spoilery you want to get, but I want to take <laughs> just a, just another step towards the line, yeah,
2: um,
0: sure. towards it is, um, so I mentioned earlier, so like, uh, Bradley Whitford is, is plays the, you know, the father of his girlfriend and of Chris's girlfriend. And, um, he's giving him a tour around the grounds and stuff. And, um, that's a really interesting scene to me watching after seeing the movie like watching Mm -hmm. it a second time um because there's just so many things he says that have a double meaning um to them and um he's introducing them to their help uh which he again pauses and recognizes Mm -hmm. that it's a bad look (laughs) uh, racially speaking, but he says, you know, we wanted to hire the hire them on to take care of our grounds because they were caretaker caregivers for my parents. And after they died, I just didn't have the heart to fire them. And so he makes it sound like he's this really humanitarian mm-hmm. person and stuff. Yeah. And, um, but he's also showing, you know, he also told them a little bit about his parents too. Um, and how this was their house and, and, and things like that and how his father was a runner and, And all this other stuff and so anyway later on that night chris is hiding from the family and from his girlfriend that he's um well i don't know that it really is hiding it from his girlfriend but that he's um smoking Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and so he goes sneaks outside to smoke a cigarette and he um comes across the uh the the gardener who's just running at him like full speed Mm -hmm. And it's one of the most terrifying, well, at the time, one of the most terrifying shots of the movie. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing it in the trailer and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this makes me feel so uncomfortable. And now I really want to see this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And then all of a sudden he just cuts left. And um, he has this sort of, uh, takes that. uh, Peel takes that technique um, of having, you know, him running right through them. Let me see. Hold on. I had a a bit about it. So Daniel, director Jordan Peel asserted the scene where Walter who that's the name of the, 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 uh, groundskeeper is running at Chris and the audience at full speed is a nod toward the power of depth and films. He cited North by Northwest Hitch, Hitchcock film as an example of this technique stating somebody running at you or towards you just creates a visceral and physical reaction for the audience. Mm. Um, which is so true. Um, so, um, I, I should also say to like, uh, um, about Peel, apparently the inspiration for the title of this movie came from an Eddie Murphy special, um, where Murphy would joked about horror films of the, from the early, from the early eighties, like mm-hmm. Poltergeist and the Amityville horror. And he says, so asked why do white people not leave when there's a ghost in the house? Uh, Murphy mm-hmm. joked that as he was showing his wife around a beautiful house, if he heard a ghost whisper, get out. He would immediately tell her, "Well, it's too bad we can't stay, baby." <laughs> and um, so Peel apparently repeats that joke on the on the DVD com- uh, commentary. Uh, <laughs> but that is the birth of the mm-hmm. of the title of the film.
1: Yeah, I have a hard time thinking. I mean, I wonder if you know maybe there might be someone that's listening now that hasn't seen it. But if you if you haven't, I mean, it's um, not only is it a great story, but it's just a very fully formed allegory and it's just wonderful kind of almost like parable um, of, of real life systemic issues. And I, I, it, and it's just, it's a quick move, you know, it's like almost like a little over an hour and a half. It's just, it's it's so, Jordan Peele, he just knew what he wanted to say and he s- said it so well. Like he just, it's fully formed, fully crafted, just tight, no fluff. There's no kind of, um, you know. There's no wasted time in this yeah, movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's at all. Everything has a purpose. I mean, even, and I had to, I, I, the first time watching, I did not catch this. It wasn't until watching it again and reading more into it, but just even little, I I guess I don't, I guess we should get it, but just even little, little kind of metaphors at play. It's just an amazingly um, told fable. I mean, it's, it's really, really perfectly executed.
0: Well, I don't know how much further we're going to go. At this point, so let's just do the thing we always do. So I'm going to warn everybody: <laughs> um, go ahead and pause this. Go watch Get Out. Buy and buy it. Like it's worth a full price purchase. Like it's it's that good. Um, I promise.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, and <clears throat> um, come back and listen to the rest later, because um, uh, I think we should just start talking about it. Um, I don't exactly know where you want to jump off at, Tim, but let's let's go yeah. ahead and, and and jump in and. If there's anything specific past the point of, um, you know, uh, spoilers that we want to get into now.
1: Oh, man. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> OK. I don't know where to. Oh, man.
2: Let's yeah.
0: Well, you know, so it's, it's I, I should I should just back on the line of the sort of um, subtly kind of. I don't want to say condescending dialogue, but the, um, but, but again, just the continuous conversation. Um, Chris is subjected to um, particularly once the party starts mm-hmm. um, and he is being introduced to all these friends of their family of the Armitage family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're asking him about the African American experience and like, you know, his, his, physical abilities and and and, and all these kind of like well even he's he's even they there's even a dinner scene where he meets um uh what's her name what's the girlfriend's name rose rose yeah
1: rose Mm -hmm.
0: rose's brother and he's like sounding like stinking leonardo dicaprio out of django unchained like oh man you know yeah. you your dna man you could be a beast if you were a ufc fighter and all this other stuff and
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it's weird like it, it toes that really weird line between like is this just an obnoxious idiot who means well or is he really getting like a little too familiar you know and that's still of course now that scene was still early on earlier on in the film so you're still asking I mean, for those of us who are not really in on the on the horror, um, but you know, the first time I watched it, I was like, "Is this still, um, you know, are we still not sure about this? Mm-hmm. Is this just weird, or is there something really more sinister at play?" Um, of course, there is something more sinister mm-hmm. at play, but yeah, um, and uh, and and eventually, um. He, um, you, you know, Chris is trying to stay in touch with his friend Rod, who's back home, like looking after his dog and stuff, and also always telling him that he shouldn't be there with all those white people. Um, eventually, oh, he sends him a picture. So, if you've seen the trailer, there's this really important scene at this party where he sees Keith Stanfield, actually, um, who uh, has a brief brief time in this film um where he's like sees him dressed up all you know old and white basically Mm -hmm. um so he goes to take a picture of him with his camera phone which by the way (laughs) just as a moment of levity (laughs) is so cringingly embarrassing is that chris tries to take the Cell phone picture of him, like low key, but the flash is still on yeah, his phone, oh, man. and so it gets everyone's attention when he does it. And he's just like, "Oh no!" <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, talk about wanting to crawl into a hole and die. Oh gosh,
1: but, yeah.
0: Anyway, but as it turns out, the flat, the light from the flash, um, does something to Lakeith Stanfield's character, and he begins panicking. And and confronting Chris and yelling at him to get out, to get out, to get out. Um, and then they carry him away, saying like he's having some kind of a seizure or something and to ignore him. Um, so he sends that picture to his friend Rod and Rod, who <laughs> is a TSA agent, um, which apparently a uh, little real H- Howery has stated that real life T- TSA agents constantly recognize him now. Since oh, he, man. since the film, um, which makes <laughs> him like really proud of Um I mean, he did a lot of good things for the TSA, man. Mm. TSA had a bad reputation until that movie came out.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, until Rod. Um, and so he sends Rod this picture of this guy and he does this investigation and finds out that this guy matches the profile of someone who had been missing. And they, both knew him through like two or three mutual, two or three friends removed, uh, mutual friends, which that scene also kind of made me laugh whenever, basically whenever he's having a conversation with Rod, even when the most intense moments, there's still some levity in there.
2: Mm-hmm. Like when
0: he's yeah. trying to convince Chris who this guy is and he's like, I don't know. That guy's like, you know, you used to hang out with him. He used to date her. And like uh, the chain of people is absurd. Um, but but it works. Yeah, like Chris is like, oh, yeah, I do know who you're talking about now. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and then from that point on, Chris is, is trying to leave. Okay. And uh, what I'm trying to build towards here is there is the moment you knew the entire time. Uh, well, you didn't know the entire time, but you began to increasingly suspect. Rose's family. Of being up to no good and then the shoe really drops when rose reveals that she's been in on it and the way i'll give her credit the way she played that scene was just like oh man yeah like the whole audience stomachs just drops when you realize he's just truly alone Mm -hmm. um in that moment and trying to and even though he's trying to get out
1: And when you realize, so th- this is one thing in watching it, we can talk about this documentary later, a documentary about this film and other, other films. Um, you know, Jordan Peele says there is no white hero. There's no white savior in this film. And no. because that's so common, That's such a norm. You expect that you expect somebody to come And So when that final kind of shoot, when you realize nobody's going to help them, I mean, it's, he plays with that formula. He, he, you expect this certain thing to happen and it doesn't. And he um, really, I mean, uses it to a great effect. I mean, it was a, it was a, just a, a gut punch.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, you talk about um, the fragility of it all. Like we did at the beginning of the episode to Tim. I don't think in either of these movies, there's one white redemptive character in mm-hmm. either of them. And I think it's by, I think it's necessary that there's not and get mm-hmm. out yeah. um, for the sake of the story.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, us. I think it could have gone either way. Uh, we'll get there later. That um, didn't bother me that there wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think it was, you know, by design for sure. You yeah. know, that, oh, yeah. that get out was that way. Cause that's, that's the story that's being told. And so the, the big, the big reveal here is that, Rose um, brings young black men into the house to get um, experimented on. And basically their bodies are its like invasion of the body snatchers. Like Mm -hmm. they put the brains or consciousness of old or broken down white people into these black bodies to use them and keep on living. And um, is you know, it's pretty much a harsh left turn there science wise, but still the horror is very real and, and what they, you know, and their value for black humanity. And, and also like just the, uh, just the sickness of, of how deep they'll go for that. And, uh, that's where, you know, you've learned that the, the caretakers are actually possessed, possessed, so to speak by the leftover consciousness, consciousness of Bradley Woodford's parents. Um, Mm. and so, you know, they're just taking over those bodies, but there is a lingering, um, uh, remnant of the original person in there, because that's what happened when, when Chris took the screen, took the cell phone picture of like Stanfield's character um, is he kind of snapped out of it for a minute and was yeah. himself for a very brief yeah. moment. Um, so uh, one, one entertaining thing about this, though, is that he is... So uh, Chris is um, basically held prisoner in the basement or whatever, and he's forced to watch this video to explain, like, the medical procedure that's going to happen and stuff. And apparently the, the video, the instructional video about it was it Jordan Peel said was inspired by the Dharma initiative videos from loss <laughs> um which made me laugh cuz great um, cuz there was a real Dharma initiative feel to it um, yeah yeah definitely in, in retrospect so one thing um we didn't really discuss at all was the hypnosis
1: yeah oh that, which is huge yeah we need yeah we need to talk about that
0: yeah, so going back to Chris, you know, being a a, a smoker, um, obviously, it, you know, you find out later, pays plays a a large role. Um, them not wanting him to be a smoker because uh, he it, it gets kind of revealed at a, at dinner or at lunch or something that he smokes or he claims that he used to or that he's quitting or whatever. And they're immediately kind of like, you know, that's terrible for you, right? Like they're really kind of invasive and stuff. And at first you're thinking like, Oh, girlfriend's parents, you know, they just, they're being protective of her, but really they want to keep his body in peak condition. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, um, Rose's mother says that she's a hypnotist and she can help cure him of his smoking. And so, but she really does a lot more than that. She really messes with his head and is able to just kind of knock him out with just the sort of stirring of a teacup, um, which is just terrifying. And um, they talk about he he talks a little bit about the uh, sunken place, um, yes. which is what they refer to, like where he goes when he gets mm-hmm. put under hypnosis, which and the visualization imagery. of that. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no. you take it.
1: I was gonna say this, almost verbatim what you're about to say, but the the imagery, the visualization of how what happens when he when he is kind of hypnotized, and how you see his hit him kind of sinking away from what he's seeing into blackness, kind of almost like floating away into this place yeah. called the sunken place, um, and it's almost like almost like a movie screen. You see this his vision like just moving further and further away from, him. and it is. It is really effective, I and mean, it is really powerful.
0: Yeah, he can still see what's going on in the distance, but it's like he's drifting into the void. Yeah, and like he um, can't react, can't
1: respond to what's what's happening in front of him.
0: Yeah, yeah. and so quoting Peel, he says regarding the meaning of the sunken place, Peel says the sunken place means we're marginalized. No matter how hard we scream, the system silences us. Yeah. Um, which is exactly that um here here in this film so um well you know it's it's um it's 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 a real thrill ride um from beginning to end um but he chris you know manages to sort of fight his way out and and um what's so amazing is like you said sort of the subtle imagery of things that he does like he has to combat being at the mercy of the hypnosis at a moment's notice because, um, he's sort of under the command of the mother. So when he is trying to free himself, he literally picks cotton out of the chair that he's strapped to and stuffs his ears, um, so that he can't hear her, um, hypnotic commands. Um, so, you know, the cotton picking is a, um, piece of piece of imagery there Mm
2: -hmm.
0: um i didn't know this uh until the most recent time i watched it but apparently um so so in part of his escape he um he kills someone with a mounted deer head um which is both creative and kind of gruesome um and apparently um the word buck was used to describe black males a long time ago like you know pejorative term um which is not something i ever knew i mean in growing up in the south i'll say that one skipped by me Mm -hmm. um but that's that's another interesting um subtle reference to like you know playing kind of playing the stereotype like taking ownership over the stereotypes or something and using them as a force for um Mm
2: -hmm.
0: freedom and stuff and one even and i'll and one, two, two, like two, three ish more things I want to say, um, of subtle things that came through is that he's, he's, he fights off like multiple people. And, and, um, when he's fighting, um, Rose's brother, which at this point he's already pretty physically wounded and, and, and he's a formidable, adversary anyways Mm -hmm. um there is a again you'd think a throwaway line when they're at the dinner table the night before two nights before and um chris had said they were talking about sports and like what do you like to play what do i like to you know whatever and chris would say like he liked basketball and then and then the brother gets really weird about mma and ufc and stuff like that and saying things about his genetics and all this other stuff but one thing he says is you know the thing about jujitsu is, isn't so much worrying about having to be stronger than the other guy. It's being three or four moves ahead of the other guy, mm. and so you see that actually play out <laughs> in their fight when, like, Chris learns how to outsmart him, um, and it's it's um, that, which I found that pretty pretty entertaining as well. Um, so last couple of things have to do with Rose, and it's like, <clears throat> I don't know if I'm a bad person for laughing at this scene or not. But um, again, it's it's the placement of it, and just the um, again the unexpected levity of, of the situation is while so much of this is going on, Chris is fighting his way out of bondage and trying to literally fight for his freedom here. It cuts to Rose sitting alone in her bedroom. Um, she's actually googling other other black men other available black men to pro- probably bring to the house and do the same thing too mm-hmm. but she is eating fruit loops and drinking milk and first of all that the, i've heard this observed by other people and it's pretty much been confirmed by peel that like this intentional choice she's eating the cereal dry yeah. and then drinking the milk from a separate glass hence keeping the colored and the white separate mm. um but at the same time, and this is so silly and, and this is the thing I would get out of the scene because I'm a fool, but she's listening to the theme from Dirty Dancing. Um, I've had the time of my life. Hmm. Um, and something about that just caused me to just burst out laughing. I'm like, that's the song you're listening to. And like, so since she has these earbuds in and she's listening to that, she's oblivious to all the horror that's going on downstairs of him like – you know killing a member of his family and like you know, on the verge of escaping and all such stuff and she's <laughs> she's just like mm-hmm, you know just kind of she's not jamming out she's just sitting there very methodically and stuff but but that yeah. just big emotional swell you know rom-com song romantic uh ballad playing in her ears is just um it's just hilarious to me of all mm-hmm. songs yeah oh yeah um yeah but yeah, those are um, those are some of the odds and ends. At least I have. Yeah. I mean, there's there's so many things you could mm-hmm. you could say about this movie. But those are the ones that stuck yeah. out to me on this most recent viewing, at least, yeah. and things that I wanted to discuss. Yeah. But any any other Can, um, get out things are, you want to get are, into? Are you
1: okay with? I mean, I guess we already mentioned we're going to spoil. I think it's really worth talking about the the end. Sure. I think that will be great. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Jordan Peele before I guess in, in the working, I guess the initial script or in the early drafts. Um, he planned, you know, obviously, you know, Chris would escape, but then as he's trying to get away, he gets arrested uh, by police and um, ends up in jail. Um, and yeah. he was uh, in an interview, or I guess in just a documentary, he was talking about this and how as he was working on this a lot, that's when a lot of the, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, but a lot of the kind of the swell of uh, Black Lives Matter protests and just a lot of what was kind of happening um in the periphery was now like becoming, you know, nationwide news. It was becoming front and center. And he said, you know, that they, it felt like in a time where there was that much of an outcry, they really just needed a win. They needed a a positive yeah, because it's the, the jail time or even maybe being, being, you know, killed at the end of the movie. That was just too, I mean, not too obvious, but it was just, that's kind of what is known, you know, that's, that's, What's expected, yeah. and so
0: they don't need a like you know the black audience doesn't need a subversion mm-hmm. of well I say a subversion they don't need the logical execution of those yeah. expectations because mm-hmm. they they're they're living it
1: yeah exactly exactly and it's just it's also a trope a trope in film as well you know I mean it's you know representation in films you know black people it's very it's just a norm of either you know, in prison outfits, you know, or, or killed by, police. I mean, it's, it's just both yeah. in reality You know
0: you're in, never truly free.
1: Yeah. Um, so, so the end I which I think is just a wonderful, uh, a wonderful turn because the same character that we mentioned, his friend Rod, who was kind of his voice of reason, you know, he was kind of that, that voice in the theater saying, no, don't do that. That's dangerous. Don't do that. You're crazy. Yeah. You know, that's, That same
0: voice. He's every character who's ever yelled at the uh, yelled at the screen. Yeah, yeah. He
1: he is able to find out his location, and he he's so you. It's just oh man, it's just the the ending is so perfect because you before you see the police, you see the the flashing blue and red lights. You see the red and blue lights. You see it reflected Mm -hmm. on Chris. You see these lights, and I feel like you're celebrating so much how close he's he's gotten to to getting out to getting out <laughs> um and then when you sit your your heart just sinks you're just like all right this this is not going to go well you know you, you yeah it's it was devastating before anything happened, you just see those lights and you're just devastated and and it's his i it's his best friend and i uh, I just it was an ending I did not expect but was so relieved and it also fits so well because he was such a kind of prevalent uh you know uh friend care early and earlier in the film. It just, it, it worked so well. Um, anyways, but it was just also just this kind of like uplift. It really needed it.
0: And just one more PS to that. Yeah. (laughs) Like he picks him up he gets him in the car and they just sit there. And for the first moment in the whole movie, you just exhale for a second, you know? Mm -hmm. And then immediately after the exhale is out, Rod goes, I mean, I told you not to go in that house. (laughs) <laughs> which is like you're so wrong for that yeah you know everything he just and it's just like he immediately starts you know breaking his yeah you know you know what mm-hmm. but like yeah. i mean he just it's I, just I, I will say
1: in this film to some extent but a little bit almost more in us but there is a lot of that not a lot in this film but there is that that humor that I feel like Jordan, you know, Trump really injects that really that necessary yeah. occasional levity. Uh, he, he you know, he's already really great at, but I think that's a little kind of uh added touch of his the way he kind of adding addition to the the what he's doing in the horror genre is also this sort of like occasional levity. It, yeah, that was a great great moment. Yeah.
0: Oh man. Yeah, no doubt. Well, listen, guys. Uh, Get out is. Um, I'm not actually sure where it's available. It was on yeah. HBO Max. Um, I'm not sure where it is now, if it is anywhere. But um, it's. It's. I, I'll say this. I found a combo pack. I think on um, like iTunes or something like that that had Get Out and Us for like 19.99 for for both together, um, which I think is a great deal. Mm-hmm. for that. Um, if those of you who are interested in Jordan Peele's material and uh if you don't have either one of those yet. But yeah, yeah. keep your eyes out for get out um on streaming services. It is it yeah. is incredibly worth your time.
1: Absolutely. And what for and sure. I mean, we talked a little bit I mean we talked about the sunken place, but that's become kind of vernacular for when we been. see yep. uh injustice in re- you know, in real time and in reality, people I mean it's just kind of referred to now as the sunken place. I mean it's it's a uh, Mm -hmm. it's uh i mean not to not to get too political and not to get too into the but just even now uh you know this upcoming election seeing uh the and especially and i will just say especially here in georgia although granted polling locations are closing all over the place but especially in in metro atlanta the the decrease in polling locations in predominantly african-american communities where you see lines of people literally waiting you know hours and hours just to vote um Mm. i mean that's that. what 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 else is that other than that's that is systemic silencing right there i mean disenfranchising people uh from vote i mean that's i that's the sunken place i mean it's i I feel like he this film put a i don't know just a term to be able to spot when that's happening in real life i don't know it's it it really really did a, a pretty profound thing with that. So anyway, mm. sorry, that was a rambling.
0: <laughs> no, man, no, that's awesome.
1: But yeah, so get out, definitely watch it.
0: <laughs> I, was, I was trying to look for it. There was one quote I wanted to read verbatim, but I couldn't mm-hmm. find it. Um, but it has to do with um, uh, Rose's uh, father um, talking to Chris mm-hmm. about you know, what we don't know are his parents inhabiting the bodies of these of these keepers mm-hmm. and stuff. And um knowing about that now, like that entire scene where he is giving Chris a tour of the house, it's so haunting. Like, he walks past the door to the basement, which is where, you know, mm-hmm. the room where it happens, so to speak. Um, and he just says, oh, we can't go down there. We've got a black mold problem. Oh, wow. And which is obviously these black bodies become molds for, for the white inhabitants. And then, uh, he said, this was my mom's house, but we'd like to keep a piece of her here. And as soon as they do that, they cut to Georgina standing in the kitchen. Um, as you know, keeping a piece of her, you know, in the house, which is inside her mind. And, um, anyway, he goes on and he explains, so to speak, um, how they, allegedly kept uh, the two workers on, on the grounds after the parents died. And he says, you know, something along the lines of, well, I just couldn't let them go. And what you find out later is he's talking about his parents, not Mm -hmm. the workers. I couldn't let them go. But what the, for for the first time I've seen, you know, seen this probably three or four times, I guess. And um, since it came out and, but right after that, he says, oh, but I hate the look of it. And in mm-hmm. the initial oh, part my of it, goodness. it sounds like he he doesn't like the optics of having two black servants. But is he like, you know, um, unconsciously confessing that he can't stand having two black people around all the time? You know, um, anyway. Oof. It's a uh, yeah. There's 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 so many layers to the dialogue in this movie and to the to the imagery and all kinds of stuff. So wow. anyway, get out, check that out at some point, please. Absolutely. All right, so let's move on to us. Mm-hmm. Um, us twenty nineteen film also directed by Jordan Peele. Um, we got some uh, we got some Black Panther alumni in the house for this one. Lapita yeah. Nyong'o and Winston Duke. Uh, also, uh, Shahadi Wright Joseph and Evan Alex play their children. Um, so we already kind of went through that. There, there's no mainstream awards uh, won by this film, mm-hmm. not like Get Out. Um, but there were lots of like over 70 nominations to different lesser-known award shows, but um, but not, none of the mainstream stuff like Get Out was. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> interesting story here. Um, we're, we're, we're going to have to get into this a bit quite a bit, um, just to make sense of it. But, um, you, uh, you follow the story of a little girl and her parents on the Santa Cruz pier in in Santa Cruz, California in like 1983, I think 84, maybe. Um, but anyway, early to mid eighties and, um, she gets away from her parents, goes through this sort of fun house and <clears throat> witnesses something terrifying. It's a traumatic experience. And then I cut ahead to her as an adult who is played by Lupita Nyong'o, who's great in this movie. And, uh, she's married to Winston Duke and Shahadi, uh, Wright, Joseph and Evan Alex are their two, a daughter and son. And so they are, um, going back to Santa Cruz on a vacation, um, and it's so um, it's interesting. I just want to say before things get weird in the movie, just how ordinary they are as a family. Mm. Um, and I want to say like, so Winston Duke in particular, I want to take a minute to praise um, yeah. because so Winston Duke was uh Baku, one of black Panthers um, friendly rivals i mm-hmm. guess you could say in black panther or the leader of another tribe very intimidating oh yeah s- huge strong uh foreboding but a, a slight comedic edge to it like mm-hmm. the kind the kind of comedy that would make you weep in fear before like laughing at you and be like i was just yeah. <laughs> kidding you know um that that kind of guy and this time around Winston Duke is like dad joke telling oh, corny yeah. dad number 1 and i'm i was not expect that might oh, yeah. have been the biggest plot twist to me <laughs> um was seeing oh yeah Winston Duke be pretty much like like me only uh, you know black and more attractive um on on screen and stuff. But like I'm like, this is exactly how I dad almost. Like just jokes that don't land, Mm -hmm. you know, um just dorkiness. Thinking a thinking a terrible boat is a good thing. You know, all all these these kinds (laughs) of things. He's he's he is the everyman dad uh Mm -hmm. in this movie. Um and I'm actually really um I'm really proud of this movie too in that role too because I I don't know how many of the choices were his and how much directing he just had to follow. Yeah. But um, the short, the short version, the cut to the chase version of this is the family is accosted at their home by an invasion one night by basically doppelgangers, people who look exactly like them but are dressed, you know, a little differently. And so it becomes horror survival at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying to outlast these people and get the upper hand on them. And Winston Duke is is not he's not Mbaku in, in this movie. I'll say yeah. that like he yeah. he really or if anything Mbaku might have been his doppelganger who yeah. came for him. But like I mean he he did not um, you know he he um, played his role especially when it came time to violent confrontation um, a lot more vulnerably than I thought he would have.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, but that doesn't. He 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 is not made to be a coward, he's just made to not be a superhuman, you know.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. And so you know he gets he gets injured at one point in the movie, and he kind of you know sells that injury for the rest of the movie. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, and he still, but he still charges on like a like a like a dad would. Yeah. Uh, to protect his family and stuff, and so it's uh you know in in that regard, it's a um. It's, it's really good. Um, and that, the as it's, um, I feel like in the hands of a lesser director, you would, you would have a man like Winston Duke cast in that role and be like, Oh, well he's, he's not going to lose a fight, you know, the kind mm-hmm. of, kind of thing. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think there was something about the realism there that, uh, yeah. actually kind of took me off guard mm-hmm. that, that I really liked. Um, so yeah, this, um, what, what do you want to say about us Tim? It's it's
1: <laughs> I will say in yeah, and it it is a very different film than Get Out. Uh I think it's more just more straightforward horror. In Get Out there is, you know, as you move through the story, it kind of clarifies and um answers a lot of the questions you have and it kind of becomes more narrow and focused you know by the end of the movie, yeah. there's no kind of loose ends or no questions really. I mean it's really presented it's and really straightforward yeah uh, with us it the more you go the the larger the world gets and the more yeah. world building happens. so like in this film, yeah, you say that um the family um they're kind of in the middle of the night, you know they see these four characters and it ends up being like you said doppelgangers of them and after they're you know, initially it just feels like it's just this one family's experience but then after they're able to kind of get away they go to some friends of theirs that live nearby or that are staying nearby at another house and they see that that's happening to them as well the same exact thing and so they start as you as the movie goes on you start to realize oh this is a uh, this is bigger than we realized this is you know it, it kind of this this ball starts rolling and get like almost like a snowball it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and more expansive and until, I don't know, I guess we spoiled, Get. I mean, yeah,
0: until... Oh, I have fully intend on spoiling us, yeah. it's okay.
1: And, and us, it, it gets to the point where this is happening to every, every. theoretically, I mean, I don't know the world, but the U.S., like it's I think, everybody. I think
0: it's localized to America.
1: Okay, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, it's that's
0: explained right. later on as, as an American experiment, experiment that went yeah. wrong.
1: That's right. So, yeah, so this is happening to every, everybody's doppelganger in a coordinated effort that is, that is underground. I don't know. Tunnels, I mean. tunnels. and, yeah. and tunnels. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So it, so that's one thing that um, was interesting with us. And I feel like with us, I kind of expected something like get out, you know, a more kind of mm-hmm. um, which is not say that it was, it was bad because it wasn't that, but I kind of expected more of a, a pair, more, something more localized, something more small scale, just this, more intimate maybe? Yeah, well,
0: it's a more personal story. Yes. Yeah. And
1: while it still is, it also is much more involved and much more larger stakes um at play. So but. Yeah, Get
0: Out is a much more personal and, mm-hmm. and I think intimate is fine to mm-hmm. say a uh, story. Yeah. But also us and also in Get Out, the the lines of good and evil are incredibly mm-hmm. starkly defined. Yeah. They're literally yeah. black and white. Mm -hmm. literally Mm -hmm. and figuratively yeah um and in us i would say the lines between good and evil are not as super simple as they might seem Mm
2: -hmm. yeah uh, and the
0: more you think about it at Mm -hmm. least like um so one of the when the family, the, let's say that the protagonist family here is confronted by their doppelgangers, the the doppelganger version of Lapita and Yango's character, they call her red, um, has this very hoarse voice that she speaks with. And she's the only one who actually speaks English. The rest of the family um, makes no which is which by the way, just going back to Black Panther for a second. Winston Duke's doppelganger grunting a little bit. Mm-hmm. Definitely gave off that Mbaku vibe a little bit. <laughs> anyway, so, um, <clears throat> but, anyways, uh, she's the only one who really clearly communicates in a way that the, you know, ab- above ground dwellers understand. And so she sort of gives this sort of fairy tale monologue about a princess and a shadow or something, and about how a princess had this great life and, and, but like um everything that the princess had the shadow had this terrible painful version of the same experience mm. and um so strangely enough there the the um the doppelgangers in this movie they call them the tethered um uh, in in the us uh, have this strange mix of terror and sympathy Mm -hmm. at the same time because these are – it's it's a group of – it's like a whole race of people, if you want to call them that, that have been subjected to something that they didn't ask for. Mm -hmm. And you find – so you find towards the end it is is revealed that the government created this experiment to – to create all these doppelgangers and have them sort of tied to their human counterpart in an effort to try to control humanity. But it like like puppets, you know, or like mm-hmm. like giant voodoo dolls or something, you know? Um yeah. but the connection didn't like the connection didn't take anyways, it, it didn't work. So basically they abandoned all of the doppelgangers, the entire country's worth of doppelgangers underground. And l- never to be seen again until the movie happens. And so um, what we're experiencing is, is this uprising um, and the the tethered want to I, – I get the idea that the tethered want to untether themselves from mm-hmm. from their human counterparts so that they can live autonomously, but they can't do that without killing their doppelganger. Mm-hmm. Um. And so um, in the beginning, when um, Adelaide, that's Lupita Nyanko's character as a child, has this traumatic experience, um, she's in this carnival, like this Hall of Mirrors funhouse kind of thing. And and what, what's, to be fair, what's truly t- terrifying, my kind of terrifying horror moment, mm-hmm. is when, like, you – you're not alone in that moment where you realize you're not alone, oh, yeah. you know? And so she yeah. as this little girl is walking through all the mirrors. And all of a sudden you realize one of them isn't a mirror. It's, it's her doppelganger mm-hmm. and like kudos to that little girl, man, like her, like big eyes and crazy <laughs> stare and stuff will haunt my dreams for sure. Um, <laughs> anyway, you find out at the end of the movie that, that traumatic experience was actually her doppelganger, Red, um, choking her unconscious, um, taking her prisoner, and switching places with her. So the entire movie, we've seen a grow in Lupita Nyong'o, the person that we are connecting with, the Adelaide we're connecting with, is actually the tethered one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the real Adelaide is is red who has come back and is leading the uprising um but it gets emotionally conflicting here because the husband and children you see don't belong to the this uprising leader that belongs to the Adelaide that we've seen this whole movie you know Mm -hmm. so that is her family and so yes she did a horrible thing but I have to say I don't know. It's, 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 it's very gray to me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, um, it's, 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 it's strange. Yeah. Uh, to me. And so now that I, Oh man. Hmm. Sorry. I was just, I don't even know how to, it's yeah. Uh, it's, I'm, 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 so much as churning in my mm-hmm. head. So like, the thing is, is that like when, when one of them moves, like the other one moves and stuff yeah, um, and, and things, and things like that, but like Lupita's character that, that we heard the protagonist for me, she, she was the, the puppet, you know? Yeah. Like, so, but, but so like, does the children she have, did they possess that part of her, you know? No. Or because they have a fully human father, does that, you know, I wonder, I wonder how that works. Like, you know, what are the genetics of that? Maybe I'm thinking too much about it. I don't know. (laughs) Well,
1: no, I was, yeah, I will say, uh, yeah, us, that if I said that there's anything, I, yeah, it's, it's one of the, I think if you go in just like enjoying it, I think it's a very enjoyable movie. But uh, Mm -hmm. a lot of this, because I did the same thing as you, even now I'm thinking, I feel like, once you start thinking about it there's so many questions and um, which is really fun to, to think through and to analyze but it's there's a lot of kind of yeah a lot of things to think through and kind of loose loose ends and just questions about the how everything works how that you know I, there's just a lot more questions than like you know get out for instance and I, and i wonder if that might be maybe why, you know we were talking earlier about the the discrepancy between the critics reviews critics ratings and the mm-hmm. user. And I wonder if so many people just maybe expected it to be more along the lines of get out and that it wasn't, maybe that was disappointing to them, but um, yeah. it still is a really entertaining. Um, and it's almost like a nod to other horror genres as well. Horror films, you know, with, um, like the boat, there's a boat scene where, you know, early on this boat is introduced and then <laughs> the, it, it gets used bird, and it kind of feels like almost like a Jaws-ish, even though there's no, you know, shark. Um, and then there's, you know, with uh, there's just there's just many instances of, of uh, you can tell he's kind of nodding to other great, great um, well, horror films.
2: Yeah,
0: it's funny you should mention that because Jordan Peele allegedly he gave the cast 11 horror films to watch. Oh, wow so that they would have, quote, a shared language when they were filming. Oh, and nice. Jaws is at the top of that list. Oh, wow. Um, Jaws, Dead Again, The Shining. I was thinking of The Shining. Mm-hmm. There are multiple references to The Shining in this movie. Yes. Uh, the Babadook, um, It Follows, A Tale of Two Sisters, The Birds, <laughs> Funny Games, Martyrs, Let the Right One In, mm-hmm. and The Sixth Sense.
1: I was thinking Funny, um, funny Games as well. Have you seen, is, is that the one with the, I haven't I'm, seen Funny I'm trying to remember, but I believe that's the one, or The Strangers, um, where people kind of, kind of the, the, one of the, the main, like the inciting incident of the film where they see the people in, themselves basically, but in mask, kind of uh, mm. the home invasion. Um, I think that's yeah. Funny Games and maybe Strangers as well, but where, yeah, where you're kind of, you're being uh, attacked in your own, in your own house. Um, mm. but yeah, there's a lot of great, um, which he does it well. I don't think he's like, it's not necessarily like he's just, you know, doing a carbon copy of this, but he's, there's a lot of sort of hat tips and, and acknowledge. Yeah. Great well, films. like there's
0: an overhead shot of them driving to their vacation home along with the synchronized speech and manner. Um, oh. uh, sorry, the, uh, to the vacation home. It's, it's reminiscent of the opening of the shining. Oh yeah. Um, they're driving to the overlook and also That's like, right, yeah, they have, they have these white friends, um, which again, par for the course, terrible people. Um, (laughs) and really just obnoxious, but at least in this point, at least at this, in this movie, it's more like obnoxious for the sake of humor Mm -hmm, kind of way. Like, um, there's no real stakes in their terribleness. Um, but they have these twin daughters and, uh, i had forgotten about this, but when you see them, I don't know if it's for the first time, but there's a scene at the beach and they come up to the little boy um, and they say like in synchronization and unison, come play with us, or why aren't you put? Why won't you play with mm-hmm. us or something like that? And it's very reminiscent of like the twins from The Shining, um, yeah. to like talking to Danny. So mm-hmm. it's just really a <clears throat> yeah, it's it's some wild stuff for sure.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. But it was yeah. But this film yeah, I, very different from Get Out. Maybe. <sighs> Not doesn't not that it doesn't hold up to a lot of screen, but it's it's you can kind of get lost in the scrutiny of it and in the yeah. trying to figure it out. Um, not that it's not worth it. And it's v- again, well, it's it's really enjoyable. You know,
0: it's it it is not the same. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it's not the same movie as Get Out, so it's not entirely fair. You know, you don't want to mm-hmm. compare. You don't compare it to a Kubrick's films, or Absolutely. you don't compare, you know, Psycho and The Birds, or something like that. Like it's, mm. they're they're just they're just two different stories. you yeah. know. Um, Get Out had the luxury. Oh, luxury feels like a yucky word to say. I'm sorry, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, listen, I, I I really do believe we're gonna look back and see Get Out as this sort of cultural touchstone. Yeah. Like it it came out the right time mm-hmm. with the right message with the right concoction of cast story mm-hmm. score I mean um, everything together it was just it was it's this moment in time so mm-hmm. like if you want to like if people want to know the you know 10-15 years 20 years from now if people want to talk about like Steven, what was the racial tension like in the, in the, in the teens, the -hmm. 2010s, I'm probably going to look at get out and the hate you give, like as those, you know, those two movies just kind of summing Mm -hmm. up the experience for for, as, as, as I've interacted with it, at least in film. Um, Is probably what I would consider to be some of the most accurate representations. Like it's, it's just another level of quality that is now. That being said, um, if you take it out, out of the conversation, I think us is, is a perfectly fine film. And I think it has Mm -hmm. a lot to say too about, about marginalization and, and privilege and entitlement and, um, and, and, you know, the motivations and actions of people who were Mm -hmm. oppressed for so long, you know, um, kind of the, what do you expect to happen Mm -hmm. when, you know and 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 also too i think i don't know that peel was going for this but it is something that it made me think about it and if a film makes you think then it's doing a good thing um is that us um does a interesting job of sort of working with this idea of The reality of—I don't want to—innocent isn't the best word I want to use in this session, but to say unrelated mm-hmm. um, or indirect yeah. casualties of of the explosion of the marginalized. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Because none of these people who were victims were directly responsible for the suffering of the tethered um, that we know. Or that we're told in the movie, but they do suffer the consequences of their uprising. Mm-hmm. Um, and so th- that that is something interesting to me, at least. Um, in that, you know, we do see that nowadays there are there are um, there are casualties in the demands for justice now. Um, not not everywhere all the time, but it but it does happen. And sometimes the people who suffer that fate are not really the ones who were causing the oppression in the first place, but it, it's something that happens, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what to do with that, but it's um, it's something that that's there, I think.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and you know, and and it, listen. <laughs> It, it also could be that us, maybe it's just a little bit more of a sloppier film than Get Out. It, it's a possibility. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, mm-hmm. as, you know, that's that's not the kind of show we have here, Tim. We're <laughs> we, we talking about how good things are, um, unless it's the greatest showman. Um, so, or Uncut Gems. Yeah. For me. So, um, yeah, you know, it's it's, <laughs> it's um, it raises enough questions to make you want to check it out again. I'll say mm-hmm. that. Yeah, um, and it's a little harder to find. Honestly, I'd kind of like to sit in on the class that talks about us, um, just so I can learn something here, um, because I feel like you know, Get Out feels a lot more accessible from a mm-hmm. storytelling standpoint um, to kind of see what's being said and done there. Yeah. But here, here I feel like I need a little bit of handholding, you know,
1: mm-hmm. um, yeah. to
0: fully wrap my head around it. Um. So, but yeah, us, uh, totally worth it. I think us is actually on HBO Max right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is.
0: So, you guys can still see that. And one thing that we, we have alluded to all night, but I don't think we've said by, by name is uh, so, you guys will be hearing this during the last week of October. So, there sh- will still be some time um, before Halloween, if you have time on Amazon Prime there is a documentary called Horror Noir. Um, And it is, let me see if I can get the full title of it. I'm sorry. But that's the big, that's the big name is Horror Noir. It's, um, oh, okay. Horror Noir, A History of Black Horror. So it's a documentary about um, the history of black people's influence and presence in horror films. So um, I think originally it was made either by AMC or by... um, the streaming service, uh, shutter, uh, S H U D D E R, which is like a a horror specific streaming channel. Mm -hmm. But, um, Amazon prime is streaming it right now for free, um, until Halloween. So, uh, you can watch that. I think maybe through Halloween night, I'm not sure, but it is a wonderful companion piece to either of these films. Um, doesn't say much about us. Uh, it actually starts with, um, of all films, if we're going to talk about the depiction of African Americans in film and as it relates to terrible things, starts with *Birth of a Nation*, and it ends up going pretty much all the way up to *Get Out*. Um, it's not it's not super comprehensive, but it does talk about a lot of moments in um, African American representation in horror films and and um, points out a lot of interesting. Um. Oh, it, it it touches on a lot of things. I, I'm surprised to hear it talk about it talks about Night of the Living Dead. Um, talks about uh, the Craft from the '90s. I, I was surprised mm-hmm. that yeah that uh, came out. Um, and, and a few others. So it's it's definitely worth, um, checking out. Um, a lot of great a lot of great input, a lot of great voices, um, talking about how to uh, sort of, you know how how the black community has been perceived and presented um in that genre over the years Mm -hmm.
1: yeah it is it is it is fantastic it's so good i am it um gave me a lot of movies to add to my list to watch eventually (laughs) um uh just a just a really wonderful chrono like chronological yeah explanation of uh, explanation but just deep dive into yeah african-american representation in, in horror film and I'm just repeating everything you said, but
2: it That's
0: is okay. it is so good.
1: It it, no, 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 it is so good. It is so so good. Um, so yeah, I highly, I recommend. I I feel like I learned, I learned so much. So yeah. I'm definitely watch it. And it was great too because I feel like Get Out. You know, we're talking about Get Out here. It's kind of the serves as like a good intro to the documentary, but then a wonderful, wonderful closing kind of capstone um, as well. I, I feel like it just went. It was perfect.
0: Yeah, well, with all the groundwork that it lays historically, it mm-hmm. it presents a much better case than you and I have as to why Get Out was so important. Yeah, too, um, yeah. because it shows you and tells you, like throughout history, like how you know black people were presented, how how the how even the trope of the black guy being the first person killed in a horror movie is to the point where that went from trope to punchline to subversion, you know. Um, mm-hmm and to get out, you know, like it is the, (laughs) this, this documentary is like the evolution of man chart with, with Jordan Peele walking upright at the end Mm -hmm. with, with get out, you know?
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's a really interesting documentary, and every every facet of it is is really educational and uh, entertaining. Yeah. And could also offer you some supplemental supplemental material if uh, you got any more time here at the end of the month to watch some more horror films.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Definitely check <sighs> well, it out. Uh, yeah.
0: Any more uh, Any more housekeeping items, Tim? We need to cover before uh, before we call it a night. Oh,
1: not really. I had one other thought that popped in my head. Maybe we can edit this out if it doesn't go anywhere. Okay. But I was thinking about um, us just now and kind of while we were talking about it. And and one thing I started to wonder about, especially how the children doppelgangers are portrayed. I don't don't know how... This may not go anywhere. But I was wondering also what what if the film was trying to say anything about you know, we were talking about, you know, the haves and have nots, the marginalized and the oppressed. But I wonder if there's also in a mix something about just the trauma that you experience as being demarginalized. And I wonder how much he was trying to say about that as well. And what that mm. what tra- trauma's role. Ah, see, I haven't, I haven't really, this is not a fully formed
0: thought. And do you mean like in 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 the children in the film just, or i guess like, not just nyongo as a child in the beginning of no the film. i
1: guess the children the doppelganger i, mean, I maybe, and not even the children but just what the 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 impetus the reason for the the tether to do something i think I, you
0: can explore that a little bit because i think some of that is represented mm-hmm. in red's what you know perverse fairy tale yeah,
1: and and i feel like especially with the kids you see glints and 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 hints and glimmers of you know obviously the the kids in you know, the doppelgangers games like ha, had they had a different life you know you see the with the child you know the kind of it's very very scary very creepy but also you see that curiosity as well and you see the potential maybe i don't know it it's it's almost well, like it's 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 heartbreaking
0: uh, i don't, no, I don't no, know no it totally is yeah. it, it's completely heartbreaking because you yeah. think about it you think about the sun like the sun has this sort of gimmick of this sort of magic trick you know but where did the lighter fluid come from yeah um yeah. is something because he's <laughs> he's got this like lighter this like <laughs> magic trick that never works and he even alluded to it he said they said where did you get that and he's like oh i left it here last summer i never got it to work and then when you meet mm-hmm. his doppelganger, his doppelganger is a pyromaniac yeah. and,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and the whole bottom half of his face is burned. Yeah. So it's like, so it's like he could never get it to work, mm-hmm. but the other kid did and like yeah, suffered yeah. the consequences mm-hmm. of it, you know? Yeah. And so it's, um, and if you, and if you believe that tethering thing of like the mimicking and the miming of the movements and stuff, like does he, was he in any way responsible
2: for that? Yeah. Oh, like,
0: yeah. you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But, but I mean, but I'll say this, like, man, trauma <laughs> tra- informs all kind of irrational behaviors mm-hmm. and like, and, and, and desperate behaviors and, mm-hmm. and, and really difficult to, to watch behaviors like that, the longer it goes unchecked mm-hmm. and, um, and, and, on remedied um well that's really the right word but you know but like um yeah so it's yeah i I don't know man yeah i don't know how it's gonna go one interesting thing that i didn't understand at all at the beginning i thought it was really (laughs) weird it makes more sense now that i've read about it is um after they all come up above ground they do this like hands across america thing
2: Mm
0: -hmm. um which i thought was an odd choice Mm -hmm. um but um in reading more supplemental stuff about it, it actually makes sense because, uh, Adelaide before she's abducted, like that was being heavily promoted as the next big pop culture phenomenon kind of thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so that would have been the last exposure she had to some massive yeah. movement, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. so when she comes back up, that's like her idea mm-hmm. of how to make a big mass demonstration. So, anyway, uh, yeah. Um, so that tracks a little bit more. Yeah. Now. Oh
1: yeah. Totally. That's cool.
0: Uh, anyway, yeah, dude, it's interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, by all means, you guys, it, uh, we can't say it enough times. Check out, get out, and mm-hmm. and, and us um, as well. Any anything oh. else, Tim? You want to cover before I start to oh, man. round the, round the corner? <laughs> oh
1: gosh. <laughs> No, I think. Ah, oh man, That's I think it's a horror episode. i, think well, it's I it yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like yeah, with Get Out with both, I'm sure, but especially with Get Out, there's so much that can be. Uh, there's so much to to get out of it. I know we probably just mm-hmm. hit some of the surface, but it's 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 a it is a really very worthwhile film for sure.
0: Well, guys, we uh, really appreciate you joining us. Um, for the month of October and um, getting to nominate some horror films with us, uh, November is going to be fun for us. Um, we are actually um, honestly just just going to display some gratitude, I think, for movies that we're thankful for, and that um, n- there's nothing too terribly sentimental about them. I think it's just movies we really like a lot. Um, <laughs> um, so you can expect some high quality recommendations. I would hope, um, unless this has us doing some serious introspection, um, <laughs> afterwards about the quality of our film choices. Um, but we do have a special treat, um, since our great, uh, national nightmare as, uh, approaching the 2020 election will be next week. Um, if this is airing when I think it is, sorry, it's a little late, um, <laughs> in the evening. So uh, we are planning uh, – so I hope, I, hope, I hope this next sentence ages well because sometimes I say things when we record and then we end up not following through with them and then I sound stupid. So um, <laughs> we're, our plan right now is to uh, recruit our, uh, our recurring guest, uh, Jared, to join us for next week's episode, which we will be um, reviewing and discussing the film Idiocracy. Um, mm. Felt like it was a pretty – um, appropriate time
2: yeah.
0: to, to, to talk about it. Maybe it'll provide a little bit of levity like Rod did for Chris. Um, and, uh, can get us through mm-hmm. whatever's to come. And so yeah. uh, I think November, I'm hoping will be at least for night cheese will be an overwhelmingly positive month. Um, <laughs> with, with, uh, good <laughs> memories of films we really love mm-hmm. and maybe some fun times. So, uh, Hope you guys will continue to give us a listen, share with your friends and family. Um, We are on Apple Podcasts, we are on Spotify, and now uh, we are also on Amazon Music. So um, wherever you want to listen, any of those three avenues, you can find us. Um, We're also on Instagram, Night Cheese with Steven and Tim. We're on Twitter, Pod Night Cheese. And, of course, we're on Facebook night cheese podcast with steven and tim so if uh you ever want to reach out to us if there's any films that you just want to talk to us about or you would like to hear our take on please reach out to us we'd love to uh do an episode uh, for you for that um and if you have any ideas or, or anything like that you want to just share with us um, any thoughts about Get Out or Us or Jordan Peele. Um, rumor has it he is working on reviving the Candyman franchise. Mm-hmm. So, um, any thoughts about that? You can let us know too.
1: Actually, I think I don't know when it's when it's been a long time, but I think a trailer actually was yeah. released uh, months ago. I think, but I don't I don't remember what it was. Well, but yeah, maybe even a teaser trailer, I don't know but yeah. After this is over.
0: I'm sorry. I not know what I'm gonna do after this is over.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs>
0: go look that up. Um, but that's exciting. Um, and again, Candyman also made um, made you know some some topics of conversation in that horror noir mm-hmm. documentary as well. So um, check HBO Max for us. Uh, check Amazon Prime for the horror noir documentary, and uh, just do what you can to find Get Out. Really, it's it's worth the the tracking down. So. Um, Anyways, guys, thank you again for joining us this week. And uh, until next time, keep working on your iTunes. Since it's the Halloween,
1: no, we shouldn't use this at all. Uh, like Hallowoke, but no. no,
2: no. (laughs) (laughs) Unless it's good. I mean, if it's tongue in cheek, maybe, you know, like.